I'm Dr. Sharon Dukes. And I'm Melvin Dukes. We're HBC graduates, proud educators, and most importantly, husband, husband and wife. wife. And you're listening to After School, School Talk, Talk Podcast. Uh, came over to me, and I was the athletic director at that time, right before the game, says, uh, Coach, uh, I, I, I want you to come down here and look at the dressing room that my players are in, because his coach was a Weatherspoon at that time. And I went down and I saw the water floor. He said, they are standing in water and trying to get dressed. Yeah, I understand, Doc. I apologize for that. So I went, said, come and go with me. So I took him to my dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> he thought we was take, getting ready to go take up swimming. He said, oh, Coach, I apologize. <laughs> and he went back up there and told the coach, don't you ever complain to me again about water in the dressing room. Coach over there, they get ready to take swim lessons, you know. And uh, and, and, oh, and that's just man. the way it was. Uh, then, you know, and then sometimes the showers maybe wasn't up to par, you know. But, see, once again, I understood. And when you cut that heat on, it'd be so hot in the gym and – uh, the visiting team would be so upset, oh, yes. you know, because it's just too hot. Man's you know come in there, and then you put you pack it with about fifteen hundred fans, and we roll. You know, yeah, yeah, we was yeah. at home. We yeah. used to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is normal. Yeah, we, we, we didn't even know that air exists. You understand? Only air we thought was for the air outdoors. You know, we know it was yeah. out there. Air conditioning. They played in the summertime yeah. in the heat, in yeah, the yeah. wintertime in the heat. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it was common. So one of the things is like you're saying. Uh, when you look at certain situations, you know, we we were on vans and we didn't have personalized uh, bus, you oh, know, yeah. and all of that for a while. We finally got one through Dr. William H. Harris, who was instrumental in helping us to get a bus, the only bus that we actually owned during my tenure there. And then later on, we started, uh, you know, chartered buses to go places. But once again, my, my thing is all of those are mechanism and things in place. To, for recruiting purposes, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about having an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. You're talking about weight trainer. Because they roll out the red yeah, carpet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And those big schools, they have everything. There's no if and buts about it, right. you know. But the, the, the question is, where is their commitment to them beyond mm-hmm. uh, well, athletics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, right. what is it? And then the thing is, you know, they and, and, and you have that same thing with coaching. You know, they look at head coaches at HBCUs as a apprenticeship that you're in training. Mm. You know, then they look at uh, coaches that they have on staff, whether they be black or white. They look at them as really as head coaches or associate right. head coaches. And a lot of times it, it becomes the same situation. Uh, you know, for an example, you know, with all the blessing that the Lord gave me, uh, yet uh, it wasn't enough you know, for me to be considered for any mainstream institution as a head coach mm-hmm. or even as an associate coach. And uh, I recall talking to a young man one time at a funeral, and I won't put him on blast, <laughs> and he asked me, uh, told me about a job being opening, and I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, did you recommend me? Mm-hmm. And he says, no. He told me somebody else. I said, no, 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 don't tell me about something. You telling me about all these jobs that are available. I want to know: Did you recommend me? Because right. you're in that group of people. If you think enough to tell me about, it, mm-hmm. tell me that you thought enough to recommend me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yet he finally admit that he didn't recommend me. So my response is, and that's sometimes getting me in trouble. <laughs> I'm at the funeral. Well, ain't nothing to talk about. You, know, you didn't recommend me. You came over here for nothing. Yeah, you know. Well, see, because he was telling me about it. But the point is, if you see I have the qualities and I have the whatever it is to do or to work, I want to know that you was willing to call up and tell the athletic director that mm-hmm. I should I got be somebody considered. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. So, but I've seen that, and 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 uh, my my wife would always ask me a question, and I have to get this in. She said, "So many people call you all the time, and they always asking you to do this and do that for them, do this, do that." She said, "But I never heard any of them helping you in terms of the coaching perfection. Once I got out of it, uh, helping you to get a job." Mm-hmm. She said, "Why?" I told her I couldn't explain it. I said, but let me explain something that I do know. I don't worry about them. I do worry about him. And I was referring to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I said, because they're going to do what they're going to do. You know, I said, some people wouldn't hire me because I have athletic director's experience. And being the first African-American in the state of Kentucky as an athletic director and a head coach at a predominantly 
white institution, uh, which uh, they think Tubby Smith was the first one, and they think Tavesta Anderson was another one at Bear State, and Dennis Felton was in West Kentucky, but I was the head coach at a junior college way before them, Clem Haskins, all of them. But yet, uh, some coaches are afraid to hire you because you got head coaching experience and proven experience because mm-hmm. they think you might want their job. Yeah, right. And then yeah, if you yeah. become, if you, some ADs won't hire you because they're afraid that you might want, you want their, their job. job. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, catch 22. so I would catch 22. Mm-hmm. So I should have just went into, uh, I don't know, bareback rides. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, man, you know, whatever. You know, but hey, it's all good. It's all good. You know, that's why I guess I had to rely on that script yeah. hard to make a way yeah. somehow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, my thought was um, with the facilities and everything after, okay, so you know, one, going to the Tupane College and being there, I became uh, aware of uh, privilege uh-huh. that you become so um, enamored by amenities that you forget about the rest of the things that come come with the education. So for me, it was like, you know, oh, yes, there's four showers and 40 girls yeah. on the hall. That's normal. <laughs> like That's what everybody is doing. Mm-hmm. It, didn't, it didn't matter. We, we literally... And we always said this, once they renovated the gym, that was nice. Mm-hmm. But none of us ever, like, that wasn't a priority no, on no, our list. No, like, we could no. care less. We didn't think about those things. But I think the it's so funny that when you are recruiting an athlete who is in high school, who may be at a gym that doesn't have a weight room, mm-hmm. that they don't, they, don't, they don't have the best facility. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's no trainers at mm-hmm. the high schools here, mm-hmm. right? That it was fine to recruit them with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then on the other end, Oh, we got the guests mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. Our daughter's gonna open the door. Y'all gonna hear stuff. <laughs> oh yes, um, my my mother has just walked in. Um, we should put her on the podcast, put on blast, and she just she just coming to the. She had like we got a real recording studio or something. Now we want to be in the middle of the, of the living room <laughs> trying to record. But I always thought it was interesting when when they. When you're recruiting somebody, it doesn't matter what they had. But then once they get here, you think it's best that they have everything. That doesn't. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. if you if you made it to the point where With I yeah. yeah I am potentially a student you want mm-hmm. though I had none nothing. of this I came from so nothing. why do why now does it matter that I have yep. to have those things? I was mm-hmm. like those boys weren't working out in those state of the art gym when mm-hmm. they need these high schools when you went to get them. But but I tell you one of the things that I I think a lot of student athletes that attend. Uh, HBCU uh, universities and colleges all over the world, they have a great appreciation mm. uh, for achieving success under the circumstances in which right. they had to endure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can recall that the backboard, uh, scoreboard rather, the lights went out and some of the bulbs, mm-hmm. and you couldn't tell whether it was 20 or whether right. it was 29. I remember looking on, uh, I think it was Channel, Channel 6, uh, Channel 2, the news, uh, they were showing the sports, and they showed up there that they couldn't even make it. But those are the kind of things. Sometimes the lights would go out in the gym, one of the bulbs, you know, mm-hmm. they take a while to get up. Something you to get up warm there. Oh, they gotta yeah, warm up yeah, now. Yeah, if we turn yeah. these lights off, yeah, it's gonna yeah, be a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, all, all of that's a, a, a part of it. But like you said, if you, you know, a lot of a lot of guys have a greater appreciation. You know, you take for an example, uh, Doug Williams, one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks, came from Grambling State University, mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl, won the Washington, and played for a legendary coach as well. You know, uh, Eddie Robinson. And the thing is. You know, if you talk to these guys and they can share how much they appreciate attending our institution. And and then you got a lot of guys that have attended other institutions, but some of them would come back and say to me, uh, I wish that uh, I had played for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear what your players, you know, what, what they say about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say that you might be, you know, a little something wrong up, upstairs, but, <laughs> but, but, but you're a good person. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but you're right when you think about that. Even with the cheerleaders, you know, when we travel, for an example, we were traveling on one bus mm-hmm. and we'd have the young ladies that played on the team, they on up front, the guys sat in the back, and if we took in the cheerleaders, then, of course, they had to find a place mm-hmm. to sit to. And then, we ain't getting to buses. And then when we would stop to eat, you know, I used to always have this saying, 
uh, we didn't have a lot of money to start with the and I used to always say, well, if you ain't paying, you, you ain't, ain't saying. That's it. You know, you it's ain't got no, you got the right to not eat whatever's put before you. But mm-hmm. And what was funny, I used to order the same thing for everybody. Yes. So it wasn't no. Uh, Nate Lewis is yeah, the only yeah, player yeah, in the 31 yeah, years right. I know that you coached that got something different because he, he didn't eat meat. That's yeah. the only play <laughs> I ever remember ever being able to say, like, well, coach, can I get a different thing? Yeah. Yes, Nate, get the fish yeah, fillet. Yeah, everybody else, no cheeseburger, medium right. fries, whatever it was. And then Shadrach. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. he didn't oh, eat, yes, he did, yeah, he didn't right, eat he pork, did. you know, so I can respect that, but mm-hmm. hey, but yeah, I'm not going out of way to say you don't eat onions. Oh, Lord. Well, yeah. you better take them onions off. I ain't going to get it without it. Yeah. You're getting the same thing there, just slide them onion to the side. But, you know, one of the joys was hearing uh, the people at the hotels talk about how well-mannered our mm-hmm. guys were and how disciplined they were. And even when we go in the restaurant, I had the thing, once again, People did not come out here to eat to be entertained by you talking loud, being disrespectful, or not dressed appropriate to go in the restaurant. And all of that was a part of that thing about uh, developing the whole person. Mm -hmm. So when we go in the restaurant, I'd sit away from them because if I hear it, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So, and then they understood that. And they come Even when they're going to church. When they go to church. around, Around here, I always remember. Um, if we visited a different church, how they'd be like, oh, that, that the players are here today. Because they come in, you know, six foot tall, these yeah, this big yeah, long yeah, line yeah. of guys all they dressed up. Because people really don't, mom and I were just talking about this, that we would leave home and go down to the school to pick up whoever didn't have a car or miss their ride or whatever. And then we would all ride to the church. I was like, y'all, this was every Sunday. Every Sunday, they had to go to church. That was that option. And we, one thing is, we are, because um, I know some people like, you forcing kids to go to, well, yeah, my dad wouldn't do that anyway. Back in the day, yeah. that's, you didn't do that. <laughs> but um, we were a private institution. So we already had um, uh, chapel on Wednesdays. But it, yeah, that, that wasn't enough. Dad is going to be like, all right, Sunday too, we're going there. And then, after that, where we going after that? But I tell people all the time, I never forced anybody to go to church. Right. See, I, you don't force people, you encourage them. But you strongly encourage. After a few years, he doesn't have to say anything. Everybody knows. The player like, just told yeah. me, hey, you know you got to go to church. Yeah, let me just, let me hit you what's going on. Get your clothes ready because you're growing. And what was always interesting is when I would uh, say, well, you don't have any friends that everybody ought to have at least one friend. Mm-hmm. They say, say, do we have 10? All I'm asking you find one mm-hmm. that would go to church with you. with you. And then we had other students start joining us. And one of the things that I can recall is one Sunday we were going over to South Carolina to church and my wife had picked up some of the athletes oh, and Jesus. she was leading the way. And I don't know what happened to her. I guess the Holy Spirit must have got into her foot. And she mashed on that gas, tried to get to the Lord. And the state trooper said, I got something for that spirit. So he pulls her over. And when he pulled her over, it was so comical. And it was about 15 cars behind her, pulled over behind her. Yep. So the state trooper cameras went up and taught her, looking at that long ladder car, said, are these people with you? <laughs> he said, yes, sir. I'm on, we're on our way to church. That's our basketball team and other students. And uh, he said, well, just slow it down. See, so you can't tell me that the Lord won't make a way somehow. Right. Because, see, the Lord knew we didn't have no money to pay for that ticket. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And take them out to dinner. That one and take them out to dinner, right. too. Yeah. Now, when, um, what would be, I, and I'm going to tell this story and then I'm going to ask, ask you your opinion of the effects of it. I, it just so happened that I was reading, I was reading something. Oh, goodness. I don't, I don't, read, I don't read that often. That, like I, I'm out here just being scholarly. <laughs> but it was an article about a situation that happened on a campus um, where the SGA president was black and it was a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. Some racial issues were happening. And so protests began. So uh, the students decided that homecoming parade, they were going to block the president from going down the parade uh-huh. and re- you know demand that he get out of the car and respond to their mm-hmm. concerns on campus. Mm-hmm. Well, the president stayed in the car, uh-huh. wouldn't get out, of course. So eventually, you know, public safety moved the students out the way, and so it still just continued, like all these protests, and it was just very tense on campus. And they said that the um, 
the, uh, the basketball players decided to meet with the black student union and say, how can we help? Mm-hmm. Because of course, who's all on the black on the basketball team? Mm-hmm. Black, exactly. black guys, right? Mm-hmm. So they say how we can help. So they explain to them, you know, what's going on. They're like, we don't even, we don't know how you can mm-hmm. help. Really, we we're just trying to get our voices heard. We're dealing mm-hmm. with all of this, right? The basketball team on a Sunday said, after sitting with Black Student Union, we have decided to um, stand in solidarity with them, and we will not be um, participating in basketball season until their action you know some action Mm -hmm. happens that was sunday monday morning the president was sending his resignation letter Mm -hmm. and so i was telling one of my co-workers i said that is the power of the athletes on that campus because what some of those students don't understand when you were being wined and dined to come spending two thousand dollars to convince you to come here is nothing to the five million i know you're going to bring to my campus right so I think that some of those athletes don't realize the influence they would have if they go somewhere else because you it's about you and you don't you you need to know more about your worth than thinking about what you can get from it. So it's just like if you if you look at the end of the season, um Zion Williams is 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 yes, he's you know out there and he went pro, but let's just say for whatever reason he got hurt or something happened. You still made that school five million dollars, and if you got real hurt, they're just gonna move on to the next man. We gonna go on to the next that's man. It. That's why it. I winded that. So that's I was. That's what my question was. You like of of them recognizing the influence and the impact. If I didn't put my money, my talents over here, how it could really benefit another institution because because of my worth. A lot of that comes from uh, education and from your parents. Huh. Your parents is, uh, is your first. Uh, line of uh, uh, to letting you know your value and your worth mm-hmm. and seeing the impact that you could have and therefore they got to share that with you and, and enlighten you mm-hmm. but if if the parents are being paid and everybody else is getting a piece then of course that diminish your value right. because they're going to steer you where they want you to go mm-hmm. uh, my, my thing has always been that of course uh United we stand, divided we fall. I've said this, and even sometimes you have to speak up and speak out, and you have to stand up for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. If it's something that makes sense, you know, there's some things people be upset about and pro that makes very little mm-hmm. a limited sense. Yeah. I always said that uh, with Colin Kaepernick, when he kneeled, and the reason why he never ever got a chance to continue playing wasn't because he kneeled. That wasn't the reason why he wasn't playing. The reason why he wasn't playing in the NFL because all the other African Americans didn't kneel with him. Right. Mm-hmm. See, because they would have had an economic impact right. upon Absolutely. the owners and upon all now. the faces. Right. Yeah. And when you see now, it's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. There's something about power and money. Yeah. And people that has the money, they have carry the power. Mm-hmm. And people don't like to give up money. And they definitely don't want to give up the power. Mm-hmm. So if everybody had a kneel on every NFL team and took that stand, see, and instead of being separate but being united, then it would have been different. Mm-hmm. And and the kneeling to me had never been about the United States of America and the flag. Mm-hmm. It's about the injustice. Right. It's about trying to make sure everybody else is treated fairly and equally. Mm-hmm. And that's what is going on now is because people have finally come together of all race and gender and all whatever because they want to see a different. Because everybody has value. You know, I tell people a lot of times when I go to the car wash, and one of my favorite things when I go, and I did it yesterday, when I get out of my car, I want to start looking for them pennies that's laying around when they vacuum the car. Mm -hmm. And, And I said this, Pennies have value too. Mm-hmm. See, if they were dollars, they would pick them up. Mm-hmm. See, and yesterday I ended up getting fifteen cents. I was so proud. <laughs> my little fifteen cents, man. You know, hey, you know, I put that in my granddaughter educational fund or something. You know, hey, yeah, you know. But, 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 but you got to see that you have value. You got to see that you have worth, and you got you can't be afraid. See, I always tell people, you know. If you be who you is, you'll never be who you ain't. Because if you keep trying to be who you ain't, you'll never be who you is. Mm-hmm. And it's grammatically incorrect, but I I know who I, I am. I, 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 I know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. 
<laughs> you know, that made me think about it too. With uh, my, I had a class at USC with the vice president of student affairs. And so. I borrowed it from my, one of my dear friends, Reverend Clarence Moore. I hear oh. them say that one time. One of my <laughs> that, uh, good shepherd. Yeah, good shepherd, yeah. <laughs> but um, when I was in class, first two things that had, first of all, going to HBCU and knowing that um, and learning more, and I, and I want to say this to people, um, I've always heard people say, well, I couldn't afford to go to HBCU. There, there are several opportunities for you to go and have scholarships. It's just not as uh, abundant. Um, oh goodness, not abundant. You don't, you're not aware of them. Okay, okay. Right. So it's a challenge when if none of the guidance counselors in your office went to HBCU. Okay, if the uh, administrators didn't go, if the teachers you have didn't go, then there's not a push. Mm-hmm. So when I started working at my second school, I realized majority of us went to HBCU, so we quit. Hey, you apply for that scholarship because you you get it. This that that I go call. We were able to do that, right? But when I got to um, USC and seeing how money just mm-hmm. gets thrown, right? Mm-hmm. They just have money. Two things I remember being like, I got to call my daddy when we get home. But the first <laughs> thing was they said how much money they have put into the new baseball field. First of all, um, our baseball field be holding on by a thread, and not because we don't want. Right, we just right. it's, it's, it takes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's the biggest thing. I need every HBCU alum to understand. This is not a fish fry effort. Mm-hmm. This is this is millionaires mm-hmm. that will give money. So I remember the, the vice president saying, "So I sure hope I get my return on that." Like let's say it was twenty five. That twenty five million stadium I just paid, and I'm as nobody flinched. I'm the only kid in class. Like <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> one person <laughs> just donated just what twenty five million. And sure enough, because we got the new stadium, uh-huh. we're about to recruit. I, and he ran through the plan uh-huh. of what's going to happen. Two back to back championships right. from doing That's that, right. right? So then he also spoke about. Um, the, the athletics program and, and the difference between that and student affairs. So we were saying, you know, a lot of campuses, they come under the same head, but, uh-huh. it, you know, those bigger institutions, and this is a whole nother... Athletic foundation. Right. Uh-huh. So he was uh, saying something, uh, and a student, a student told me this, that the football coach at the time was the highest paid person on campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. See, my daddy is, uh, he works in athletics, and I know he ain't the highest paid. Uh, <laughs> what you, so when they showed me what he made uh-huh. compared to the president of the college, so the president of the college at the time may have been making, let's say, $600,000, yeah, uh-huh. but the football coach was $3 million. Uh-huh. I want to call that. Daddy, I think we're doing this wrong. You need to go in there and ask for a raise because mm-hmm. this man's making three. Million. But at the same time, it was he was, he really broke down to us the revenue that comes in from athletics, hence why we're able to build this, do this, hire these people, recruit these students. And that's the part of um, the, when a top talent comes in. Like, when they come in, people are going to follow them regardless. Absolutely. This boy is 15. That's right. And y'all care about where he's going two years from now. Right. So you're going to follow to see what happens with him. And that's going to, like I say, increase ticket sales, oh, increase merchandise from the school. People come in and all those kind of things. So... Well, you, you know, not you, you know. Let me say this: I can recall uh, uh, real well. Uh, I think I don't know if it was Ohio State, but it was one of the major D one schools where the football coach was making more than a professor, and uh, the professor was upset. And uh, so there, those who know this better than I do, and they went to the president and wanted to know why was he making so much money? Because here I am, a professor mm-hmm. teaching these kids, and you're paying him more. And I can recall, and I'll put it in the better language, uh, that the president said, if you can get 80,000 people to come and sit in on your class, and so, you know, it, it's true. Uh, coaches make phenomenal salaries at mainstream school, which, you know, propels them to be able to recruit better athletes because they have more scholarships. If I was fortunate to have two All-Americans, they got 10. Mm. So, you know, the, the, the more uh, athletes that you have that are very talented, very gifted, gives you a better opportunity of being successful. Right. And, of course, those athletes are going to generate money. Mm. I can remember when Herschel Walker ran uh, for the University of Georgia and was a phenomenal athlete, and he decided to leave college a year early. And all of a sudden, all the money that they had made off of him they, a lot of people become upset because now he's leaving early mm-hmm. when he wanted to do something for himself and for his family mm-hmm. because that's how selfish it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you said, I was laughing, and I always tell this, and uh, 
uh, when I was working at Payton, I was the head coach. I was the athletic director. I was the uh, fundraiser. I did the recruiting, and I taught classes. I did five jobs, and I got one salary. And when I left, uh, they hired five different people. <laughs> so I, I, I said to myself, and then on top of that, the AD had a car to drive and a credit card. Mm-hmm. I said, Hey man, I don't know what something I'm right about this. You know, you talk about injustice. <laughs> you know, but goddamn ready to take a knee. But but, but 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 you come to realize that a couple of things. Number one is when you have someone, whether it's in an HBCU, you must recognize their value and their worth. Mm-hmm. And you can't get caught up with the fact is that some presidents at Duke. I don't know the president at Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, but I do know who the basketball coach is at Duke. I don't know the president of North Carolina, but I know Roy Williams is the head basketball coach for mm-hmm. North Carolina. And I can go through a litany of different colleges at D1 that the president and the, uh, the athletic foundation and the community recognize the impact mm-hmm. that the coaches have on their institution and upon recruiting and their program. At HBCUs, a lot of times, uh, presidents spend more time on themselves mm-hmm. because they want to be the most important. But in right. athletics, you don't ask to be cast in the light of being uh, one of the influential people. Mm-hmm. It comes sort of with the turf. Mm-hmm. And if you're successful, you know, uh, then you'll see it. Eddie Robinson at Grambling. You remember, I remember as legendary he was, but yet at the end, the way he was treated, I look at Big House Gaines at Winston-Salem mm-hmm. State University. Who I was hired to replace. I watched him. I, I can go down and name numerous of legendary coaches. You know, at the end, it always came down that there was a power thing between the president and the coaches. But at the mainstream, dudes, you very seldom hear about that. And then the one thing about them, if they, if you, if you're being uh, let go, now a lot of them, you know, the reason why they, I see that those coaches don't cry. Cause they been paid so well, I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah. So, so, y'all pay so, me well to yeah. leave. But 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 what you're saying makes a lot of sense, though. But you know they do. Athletes generate a lot of money at those schools. You know because if you're successful, uh, LSU for an example, you know winning the uh, a championship last mm-hmm. year had a phenomenal team, phenomenal coach. I love the quarterback. You know I love the way they they stuck together and played. But I've watched that. The history, you know, of all those successful programs, mm-hmm. I watch them, and it's you know they have the resources, they have the facility, mm-hmm. they have the media, they have the marketing, they have the, everything in place. So a lot of time when you hear about an HBCU playing one of the mainstream uh, institution, don't think they're playing them because they they going there to win. Right. right, they're going there because of the fact they're going to pay the maximum amount yeah, of money shit. to come there and right. take that beat mm-hmm. and see. And I used to always tell, hey, look. I just, I just value, you know, my institution <laughs> right. too much. You know, I couldn't let you just mm-hmm. actually pimp them like that. <laughs> You're going to beat me like that because all it does is solidify and put this stereotype in people's mind that you're far superior than me. But it goes back to that, the, the whole thing you said about um, the pride piece. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody sees that pride piece in just that instance of, Going to a school, getting a check, taking that beat, and then going back to the house. Yeah. No, I'm too prideful to even. Yeah, I know yeah. it's gonna come with a great check, yeah. but I'm too prideful to even let that happen. Well, I, I had uh, one of the schools, and I won't call it, and not too far from here, over not too far, not too far from Augusta. You know, <laughs> I think it might have been right around around uh, 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 South Carolina. <laughs> not too far. Not probably didn't have to go no more than about 15 miles. Yeah. You know, and they wanted to schedule a game, and I said, well. Uh, they said, well, we need a home game. I said, well, you need a home game. I need a home game. They said, well, Coach, we're going to give you $1,500. I said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, okay, man. I said, pretty good. I said, I tell you what to do, man. I need a home game. I'm going to give you $1,600. <laughs> I didn't have $1,600 to give. <laughs> you know, I'm faking it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't play poker or cards, but I know, you know, you told the bluff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he said, well, Coach, you know, he said, man, we'll throw in a couple of meals. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, because we're going to play. I said, well, look here, man. I said, but there's nobody hungry over here pay. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay you 1600 And then what I'm going to do, give you a buffet. Mm-hmm. 
He said, well, Coach, uh, well, no, Coach, we don't need that. He said, we need the game. I said, the same thing I'm trying to tell you. I don't need that either. Because, and I say this again, if you don't stand for something, mm-hmm. you bow for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, $1,600, $1,500 a lot of money in a sense when you're talking about going, but is it worth the pride of right. the institution? See, that's the question that I'm always asking. You know, isn't it more for all those alums and all of those people that made sacrifices years ago to be the institution which they are, and then yet you go for a little bit of money? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're talking about billions, mm-hmm. we've been rolling up over there. <laughs> what you need us to do? Yeah. What, you need us yeah. to do? Yeah. what kind of L? Yeah. What kind of L we got to take yeah. today? You know, you're, you're two millions, I'd have been there. I, I done went two days early. We just, I just kept them on the bus. Hey, y'all sit on the bus. Hey, look at nowhere. For two days. Yeah, two days. We'll I'll practice. let you know when it's time to Yeah, we're going to practice on the outdoor court. We're going to make sure we're here at all time. <laughs> You're right about that. You are so right about that. But that, you know what? That goes back to um, that when you said about being unified and being together. If you uh, or we as a as a group uh, could put more and invest more into our own institutions, we wouldn't even have to do that in the Absolutely. first place. It wouldn't even be a thing. And I and it's crazy because people, you know, my one of my favorite shows is a different world. Love Hillman College, right? Mm-hmm. And it it uh, watching that show. Is, is is powerful because there's so many things you can still relate to about going to HBC, right? But I always tell people, you forget that if, that Hillman is a spinoff of the Cosby show, right? Mm-hmm. Different worlds a spinoff of Cosby. And there's an episode on the Cosby show where Heathcliff, the, the father, is talking to Denise because Denise, the, the grandfather, has come by and said, has Denise decided what college you're going to? And he says, no, nah, Dad, well, you know, Hillman is a great institution because mm-hmm. so he, he wanted to go to HBCU. So he go upstairs to let her know, you know, your granddad's downstairs. He want to talk to you about college. And you already know what he's going to bring up. And she was like, Hillman? Dad, he was like, well, what's wrong with Hillman? I went to Hillman. She was like, well, you know, Hillman's for people who can't get into the other. And he said, what? You know, like, it, and it was a funny scene. But back, even back then, that was the idea. You are less than, or you must have chosen yeah. that school because you couldn't get into right, the other right, school, right. or you. Um, that wasn't your first choice. Yes, that wasn't your first choice, yeah. or something like that. And so that that's the that's the thing that these athletes and 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 I and I I want to say this too. That's the thing these athletes could do to help erase that kind of story. But um, also people who are academically gifted could do to erase that kind of story. Now, the academically gifted students won't get as much praise for it because right. they're not, right. uh, they're not. Um, yeah, it's not the celebrities, and, you know, everything. Right. We don't care who got the 4.0 at your school, mm-hmm. but it's the same kind of impact because like he said in the show, but I went on to be a doc. I went to the top medical school and right. I'm a doctor and everybody seems to want to erase the fact that. I still went on to right, be successful. Right, right, right. Well, it, it's just one of those situations, like you said, if it, you you can change it, but uh, it all starts at home to me. I'm a mm-hmm. firm believer. I say this even though I'm on this podcast with you and you're my daughter and I'm so proud of you and what you've accomplished, but I always like to tell people this. Uh, I was talking to uh, someone that wanted me to help their son to get into Georgia Southern. And so, and I said for uh, baseball, and I, you know, sharing with them, but they made a statement that uh, they didn't want their son, uh, they didn't think it was a good idea that he goes to an HBCU. And so I didn't react like I normally react. The Lord touched my heart, (laughs) and I'm so glad he did. But I did say this. I said, well, let me say this to you. My daughter is a product of Williams Memorial on uh, 15th Street as a child. Mm-hmm. Then she went to Tabernacle Daycare. Mm-hmm. And then she went from Tabernacle to the Immaculate Conception on Lady Walker Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Then she transitioned from there to A.R. Johnson. And then she was moving on up like the Jefferson. Yep, went on up the street. <laughs> she moved right on up there to Payne College, which is right in, And I said, and she went to school, all inner city school. I said, but what was interesting that she left there and then she went to the University of South Carolina. And what I told her, if you were smart at all these other schools, you're smarter now. 
because you're wiser mm-hmm. and that you will excel and do well at the University of South Carolina in your master's program. And she went there and she got a master's. But then not only did she get a master's, she went on and finished her doctorate. What I'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you go to an HBCU and you're academically sound and you are, have the right support system, which they do put in place mm-hmm. and everything, you can go anywhere. In I used to love to recruit and talk about all the outstanding people, influential people that went to pain mm-hmm. and they went there and went on to become doctors and lawyers and dentists and school teachers and superintendents preachers. And, and preachers, you know, and I just went through a litany because that was my selling point, mm-hmm. you know, is let me show you the people that we have produced because it's important. And once again, when you start talking about athletes now, considering uh, HBCU schools, those uh, top uh, uh, 25 mm-hmm. uh, players in the country, uh, you know, those legit players that's got so much talent. Uh, yeah, it'll change a whole lot of things. You you understand that, and also you're going to find out. I always tell people, there's no coach any smarter, any greater than me, but there are coaches that had more talent than I had, or had more money, or more resources. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about blocking out, whether you blocking out in May Park, are you blocking out in? In, 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 in a D1 school, free throw shooting is still free throw shooting, you know. Uh, you talk defense and defense, you know. Mm-hmm. Running a set or running an offense, you still got to execute it. Right. Yes. You got to have the talent to carry out the mm-hmm. play. I said, when you sit down and talk about these things, I said, you come to realize the difference is the player. Right. Can you communicate with them? And can you sell them upon that you know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. I go, it doesn't matter. I'm not intimidated by when I see coaches come for the Peach Jam. I, you know, they just coaches to me. When I go to the Final Four, they just coaches to me. It wasn't they were God because God gave me a brain. Mm-hmm. He gave me a talent. He gave me the ability to articulate what I'm, what He wants me to carry out and how to coach. And I'm sitting around saying, "Hey, man." I don't see no difference, you know. Right, right. My, the difference I see is he sure make a whole lot of money. I wish that man, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. jealous of him. I envy him. Say, hey, boy, I sure would have liked to sign that contract, right. you know. So th- that's the way I see it, you know. That's the way I always, and probably it's probably a blessed thing. I didn't make the money that I made as well as you all know me. I give. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a giver, you know, because I always want to bring other people up. I want to bless other people. And that's one of the things that I enjoy because I live on that premises every day. You ought to do something for somebody. You know, don't be selfish. You know, when I see young people at school, when we go play at different colleges, if they say they were from Augusta, I'd always give them $25. Mr. Dukes, you know that quite well. I was about to say, I was just about to say. Uh, now, Melvin, uh, tell This people. ain't about me. This ain't about me. You got your, you got your 25 me. on a different yeah, reason, though. This ain't about me. Yeah, I loved it though. I loved it, man. but I enjoyed that time, man. When we was together, because I knew you had your eye on my daughter, and I thought it was so funny to me because I said, "Oh yeah, he come on the bus talking to me because he turned talk with my daughter." I know what's going on. I don't know it, so I kept on and everything, and I was laughing because I want to tell the story because it was funny to me because I said, uh, "We, we went on." It wasn't funny to me at the time, right? Yeah, we, we went on the outdoor court, shot ball because I always would never. Uh, I would always shower once I got to the game. So I got finished. Hey, look here, son. Here's some money. So I gave him $25, and he was all excited <laughs> about that $25. So he did exactly what I was praying that he would do. He called Sharon and told your daddy gave me $25 when they came down here to play. And so she goes in and tells my wife, guess what daddy did? Well, he gave uh, Melvin $25. She, she said, well, that was nice of your daddy. You know, he always, she said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> she said, well, Sharon, why would you say that your daddy gave Melvin 25? Said he gave him $25 and told him, hey, look at son, you don't ever have to come back to Augusta. <laughs> if you need some more money, just stay down here where you are. I'll send it to you. Paying me to stay away. I'm well, paying him to stay too. away. I ain't never been paid to stay away. Uh, yeah, until Damn. one of the basketball players uh, uh, had told Daddy we broke up. That daddy didn't call oh, me yeah. from the door. Hey, you need to come over here. Yeah, yeah, I got to find out what's going what? on. Hey, look, I can't what's go to 
know. That never done broke wore me out. I couldn't go through another one. No, no. Y'all, what's going on with y'all? Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to say this, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, for me, too, when you just said about going to Fort Valley, mm-hmm. I remember I told this on the, uh, I think, the Black and the Ivory uh, episode. We were talking about the the challenges of going to the PWI, how you, mm-hmm. you got to figure out your blackness and mm-hmm. how you fit in with everything. I, I told them, I did not know about any of the other predominantly white institutions. I knew what was in my city. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, I knew USC because I, you had, you went to yeah, USC. Yeah, sure so, did. um, that was pretty much it. And then like university of Kentucky, cause they had a chilling squad. I used to, uh-huh. I used to cheer. Uh-huh. So when they would be in class and introduce, you know, the first uh-huh. couple of classes, we introducing ourselves saying where we're coming from. And you're saying Auburn and Mississippi state and, Clemson, and I'm like, where are these places? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when the girl looked at me like, well, where is Payne? And I was like, ma'am, where's Lamorne Owens? Where's Voorhees? Where's Benedict? Clark? Atlanta? Like, I mean, yeah. Spelman, Morehouse, yeah. Morris Brown, because the culture, you know, they, they don't, they don't know, they they have no oh, clue. And yeah. to this day, which I really need to figure out how to officially um, contact somebody in the program at University of South Carolina, um, it is un- unacceptable to have a higher education program and no coursework or no coursework or course, course. Yeah, course. on historically black colleges. Mm-hmm. But we have a course on Hispanic serving institutions and community schools. And when you have a professor who you're going to teach me about higher ed and you don't even know what HBCU stands for, that doesn't go together. Right. But that, that even, even something that like that shows the systematic issue that you have around mm-hmm. HBCUs where you're not, you don't even teach their philosophy or curriculum two students who are interested in going and working in higher, ed, higher mm-hmm. ed. Yeah, well, you, you know, that's true because the fact is, once again, many of them are not exposed. They mm-hmm. they don't take an interest. Uh, they only stay in their own bubble. Right. And when you stay in your bubble, then you can't grasp and see other people struggle or, or, or you're not aware or you just don't understand. Uh, that's one of the things that we try to do with you is to expose you to different things all along. And, and the thing is, uh, it's kind of kind of weird that even though we've come a long way, we still know that there's a long way for mm. us to still go to see that that we're all in this together, and that education, higher education, uh, secondary education, it all ought to be about how to best prepare students right. for yeah. life. Right. Mm. You know, and athletics just happen to be a vehicle, a vehicle to allow some to be able to go to various schools and get an education. But, uh, you know, we, you know, I, I laugh because I see it, you know, and I, I talk it, but, we, you know, I think we could do more and we should do more. Right. But I think one of the things that you and Melvin have done with your podcast is bring an awareness that reaches beyond the Augusta community. And, and more people will, take this on and, and accept the challenge to be able to speak of it. And even if you don't attend an HBCU, why put it down an HBCU? Right. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> my thing. When other institutions struggle, you don't hear people putting them down. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you really don't. And you got to be, uh, especially I always tell people, why, why would I want to destroy uh, your school? Marsh Brown uh, I have fond memories of Marsh Brown, a very mm-hmm. vibrant institution. You know, yes, they went through some things. Yes, they're trying to come out of it. But I also know Allen University. Mm-hmm. You know, I can name numerous of schools that have had to go through. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that it's the end. Why can't it be the beginning? Mm-hmm. Why can't it be the beginning? You know, and then the thing is, we got to stop doing this, putting people in position. Uh, leadership yes, because absolutely. we are friends or because we yeah, know right. them, you yeah, know? Yeah. And the thing is, you mm-hmm. ought to have the best people mm-hmm. to, to make sure that your product excel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. Yeah. A lot of times I see that sometimes we, 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 we go on friendship. We go on mm-hmm. the wrong reason. And and the leadership is, is the ability to get things done and, and, and a call to action, mm-hmm. you know? And either you know somebody uh, you got money, right? And if you don't know nobody, you don't have no money. Then you don't have no business being in certain leadership position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not have Bill Gates' money, mm-hmm. but you ought to know some people that got right. some money yeah, like yeah, Bill right. Gates. Yeah. You know, yeah. See, that's the whole thing. And, 
And that's the thing we're going to have to do, of course, in order to survive of our institution is it's all about, you know, making sure you position yourself that you can get some of those resources and have those contacts and, and get to know people. You know, I always say it is if it was me, I don't know why I may not get a dime from Michael Jordan, but he's only about an hour and a half or two hours away from me. Mm. You know, I don't understand why I can't go to the Falcons and go to the Hawks and talk to them about some I don't I don't understand mm-hmm. that why we don't uh, Tyler Perry, yeah, well, why not reach out to Tyler Perry and, and Steve Harvey? You know, you may not get anything, but I can assure you by not asking, you definitely won't get anything. Definitely not Definitely Because somebody out there will hear your call right. if you call enough people. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I think that the Morehouse got the money uh, and uh, Spelman got some money. I knew, I read about it. I wasn't offended by it. Because the fact is, uh, they put themselves in a position. That's see, what, um, they, see, it's, a, it's about positioning. Said. You know, positioning. Because if you position yourself with people with money, then someone is going to be compelled to want to be a part of your vision mm-hmm. and your mission. Yep. You know, a lot of times we sit around and give a lot of lip service. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk no about action. what we, but the action don't yep. measure up. Yep. You know, it's like trying to say we're going to win. But you ain't practicing. You ain't, you ain't putting. Right. You ain't write down no no plays. Yeah, I, you know, I say, you know, how I tell, I tell people uh, lack of preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and 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 let me say this and then close it. If I know you already don't know the play, mm-hmm. if you didn't know it tonight, you're not gonna have it tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So I ought to spend all my time tonight. Then I'm gonna get you so right. Mm-hmm. That you're going to come close enough to the point that you can produce. Right. Right. See, mm-hmm. so my thing is, am I willing to make that sacrifice? I always say all kids can learn, but is all teachers willing to put in the extra time? Mm-hmm. Or do they just want to keep them all in a box together? Mm-hmm. And if they all don't move along at the same pace, kids learn at different levels. Right. I've always maintained, I wrote a research paper once on AB students self promote, they educate themselves. C's, D's, and F are the one that you really teach. You know, A student already come yeah. already done did their homework. Yeah, I'm good. B coming there, he, he or she good. Yeah, you I, know. Yeah, I can at least filibuster yeah. my way on yeah, yeah, But that's C, D, and F. That's the one you better be trying to say, right. hey, man, look, I got to put some extra time in, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I never understood why a kid can take the test more than one time. I mean, I'm saying, well, why, why he can't? I, but I know why, because it means it requires more effort, more time, and more commitment from the teacher or the professor. More time and effort on all that stuff over see, on, see, on the other see, side, on this see, end over here. So, but, uh, with leadership. Yeah, but, 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 but one of the things is I think the survival of our institution is not only uh, all of those that's involved, and if you're talking about athletics, yeah, we will get a few. We'll get a few players here and there, uh, but uh, until parents, until communities, until the churches and all the other people, significant people, see the impact that these great players could have mm-hmm. even at an HBCU, you won't get as many. You'll right. get some. You'll mm-hmm. get some, yeah. and some is better than none because it gives hopes to the other ones. Right. You know, but... I think that, uh, boy, if I had gotten LeBron when I was at Payne, I'd probably been in the NBA. We've been living good. Everybody good. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> hey, I've been breaking off something to everybody. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, hey, you know. You know uh, that LeBron would have been at the wedding. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. been at the wedding. You know, that's my big brother. So that would have been my big brother. Yeah, yeah, my big brother, LeBron. But, you know, but sometimes we all don't get the same favor, but we ought to be given the opportunity. And I would like to encourage, you know, that, the people that work at HBCUs, attend at HBCU, are there in your community. Uh, see that they're vibrant. And, and if they're not, then you should ask the person, what can you do to make it better? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you, Dr. Scott, one of my favorite presidents, my first president at Payne, Julius S. Scott Jr. <laughs> and uh, he used to say things to me, Coach Pride, don't bring me no problem, bring me solutions. <laughs> and then, but but he always would say, and I call his wife and check on her from time to time down at Hilton Head, Miss Scott, Ann Scott, beautiful lady, but said, either you're part of the problem mm-hmm. or you're part of the solution. 
And that's where we ought to look at our life and our contribution to whatever we're doing, to whatever job we have, is athletics, academics, HBCU, whatever. So that's that's my say. That's great. But that'd be good. That'd be good. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Don't keep talking and mess it up. No, no, no. I got one final thing now. Uh, I'm like uh, Coach K and Roy Williams and John Calipari. I just want to know... when y'all gonna send me my send check? check. Send the check. <laughs> I ain't do this for nothing. Yeah, no, I can't. I ain't do this for nothing. I can't be just doing it for nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. We send out much love and thanks <laughs> and all <laughs> that. No, you know how we do in black community? Well wishes and prayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to pray. We got love yeah, for you and all yeah, that. Yeah. Say we praying for you. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> praying for a blessing yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. you. Y'all remind <laughs> y'all remind me of listening to Little Richard's. Uh, on this, you know, he was giving a testimony how good God has been to him. And I loved it because he's legendary, mm-hmm. you know, and he was in his wheelchair. He's talking about when he needed $3,000 to pay his house and oh, he was mm-hmm. going to lose it. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, he lived next door to Joe Lewis, and many of you may have heard of it. And he could have asked Joe, but he was too embarrassed to let Joe know that he needed 3000 because everybody thought he had money. He didn't have any money. However, so he said he went to another friend. And then he went there and let him in and he's telling him about his financial situation. He's going to lose his home and everything. And so many words, Little Richard said he prayed for him and everything. Then he told Little Richard, he said, now, you need to go home and you pray about this thing and everything. And Little Richard told him, said, I've already prayed. The Lord told me to come, come see you. <laughs> <laughs> so the well wishes and prayers, you know. <laughs> need to come with some coins. Yeah. Uh, Thank y'all, though, for inviting me. I do appreciate it. And I pray that the Lord will continue to bless all of y'all's endeavors. And uh, and the main thing is just don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Don't be discouraged. Because uh, sometimes, you know, things don't always go the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, and as I told my daughter this a zillion times, I took it from Invictus. You always remember that you're the captain of your ship and the master of your soul. Mm-hmm. If you succeed because you have prepared to succeed. But if you fail, you must assume the responsibility for failure. For you should have been the captain of your ship and the master of your soul. You work for people. You work with people. But you got to remember, you got to determine what happens to you right. by God's grace. Right. And I just want you to know he's, he has been saying that. I didn't know what Invictus was. <laughs> I just be sitting there listening like, uh-huh. Then I, uh, then I got to college and I was like, oh, everybody's saying yeah, oh, everybody this. Knows about <laughs> this is a thing. Everybody knows about Invictus. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> well, Cole, we greatly appreciate you coming. Um, this has been a great episode. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, love you so much. Thank oh, you. Just, thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Lord, it's recorded. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Daddy's going to be like, just give me that little snippet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you were like, Miss Dukes, don't give me nothing else. <laughs> don't give me nothing else. I just want to hear that. I just want to hear Melvin. I just want to hear Melvin Joy say that again. <laughs> like that commercial with the hear. Yeah. Uh, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, okay, before we go, I'm going to make sure we read out our uh, podcast supporters. We have both our planners, the Cam K Way, the Skin Society, Marietta, Marietta Smile Gallery with Dr. Michael Thomas, Taste Buzz, Nostalgia Clothing, Real Fit, and Distinctive Curations. Visit our webpage at www.therighteffect.com. That's effect with the E and oh, right, R I T. R I T. Click on podcast and click on supporter section. Scroll down and you can click on each one of these supporters and see their businesses. And make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on all podcast platforms. Follow us on Instagram at After School Talk. Follow us on uh, Twitter.